Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey. Hey. Welcome back to You Me and a Poltergeist. Wow. Guess what? What? It's our one year anniversary. Happy 52 episodes. Congratulations, first and foremost, are in order. Uh, congratulations to you, Brayden. Congratulations to you, Belinda. Thank you. Congratulations to us. Congratulations to our beautiful listeners. That have listened for a whole entire year. And some of you may have only like just joined in. Some of you stopped listening a long time ago. But those of you have who have continued listening for this extended period of time, we just want to say thank you. Thanks. It's been a year. Mm-hmm. It's had its up and downs. Mostly down. That's why I said up and downs. <laughs> Lots of down. It's been a fun time. Pretty great. From you, me and a poltergeist, we just want to say... I don't know what I want to say. <laughs> I just want to... <laughs> we didn't prepare anything to no, say. No, we didn't, did we? Well, thank you anyway. If you want to join us on Patreon and support us and maybe celebrate one year anniversary by giving us a little of your support. more give than us just a little listening. bit of a lick. Yeah, give us a lick. And go and lick us over on Patreon. Uh, our lowest tier is one dollar. So one dollar, like seriously, get your finger out of your ass and help us out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, minus the abuse from Belinda. <laughs> we have awesome bonus content over there, so have fun. Emphasis on bone. <laughs> you can what the fuck? You can get episodes there at least forty-eight hours early. At least, because we're very. <laughs> Very slack lately. It depends how long it takes me to edit. But it'll be at least 48 hours. Oh, wow. Dudley, come That's on. That's Dudley. He's Dudley our next door neighbour. Oh, mouse, Molly, don't you start. Otherwise, you can leave us a review on Facebook or on one of the podcasting apps. And we will read it on the show and be eternally grateful for your support. Because that helps the podcast grow as well. As well as just listening it, listening to it and sharing it with your friends. And family. Tell your grandma. Tell grandma. She'll love us. She loves it. All the swearing. So. Did everyone like my April Fool's joke? Oh, I did. It was good. It was very good. What else is new? Not much. What about you? Well, we have been isolating ourselves on the times that we're not going out for, you know necessary things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. such as work or getting food, food or for our paper, toilet paper yeah our first lot of toilet paper that we bought was that all that they had just the expensive stuff left yeah they had a whole row of expensive stuff though 
Yeah, it's all the expensive TV now. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I can't, I can't complain. We've just got a small one. We don't need much. Three ply on my butt. Sounds good. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, I saw this thing that was like a an image from like a shop that was selling toilet paper, and it was like buy one for two eighty. Or two for $98. <laughs> clever. Very clever. Unless you have a big family and you need all that toilet paper for one week because your family's just shitting their pants all the time. Well, there's, like, all the posts you've seen, it's like, well, I've got six kids. I, I buy in bulk like this every week. Or, like, shit like that. Or, like, someone had 16 children. Okay, one, that's not our fault. That's not our fault. <laughs> Calm down. 16 children is so many children. That's, oh, I mean, I can't. We don't even have one. I can't. I Could can't you, deal with it. like, can you imagine? I've got two sisters and a brother. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine having six sisters and 10 or 15? No, no, no. My nine. math is way off this morning. Nine. Nine is the number I was looking for. Uh, nine brothers. I can barely keep up with the amount you have now. I have two brothers And I have cut one of them out of my life completely I have one brother Well how about another nine more? No (laughs) No Because I'd probably be cutting out half of them Because the other half would be alright Yeah Well I mean you got to play the numbers (laughs) Family is a a numbers game apparently (laughs) The shelves are slowly becoming stocked I haven't seen pasta for weeks no. Too bad if I wanted to, like, make us a pasta dish. I know that you can't have yeah. regular pasta, but there's not even gluten-free pasta, babe. Wow. I was about to say, screw all you non-gluten-free people, which are 95% of the world. Like, but bloody... I can't even... I was trying to find um, gluten-free flour. No. So I can make us stuff. Nothing. Okay. Well, I was about to say, screw all the people who aren't gluten-free, because I bet there's still tons of gluten-free stuff on the shelves, but if that's not true, then I'm a little worried. It's <laughs> definitely the bread. All the Yeah, the bread, because it's so fucking expensive. Yeah. All the celiacs out there are like, we got to stock up. <laughs> <laughs> Our survival hinges on whether or not we can have gluten-free shit. Literally, though. Yeah. Could you imagine me living in a post-apocalyptic world where... I have to eat gluten. No. <laughs> you would be you would just be leaving a trail of shit everywhere you go. <laughs> you would be in so much intestinal pain. Oh my god. Well, if I ever got kidnapped by a rival faction, you'd be able to track me down just by following the poo-poo stains on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just scraping your butt. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a, a dog. dog. That's the sound of a dog scraping its ass, apparently. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what are we talking about today, babe? Um, I'm talking about an Australian thing. An Australian thing? Yeah. I thought I would bring it home with um, an exorcism, because we started off the... With an exorcism. With an exorcism. Which nice. had much better... The most amount of research I've ever done for any of these... The first ever episode. Yeah, I was like, fucking, this has got to be good. It's because the first episode was all you talking. Well, no, 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 all your research, sorry. And I just sat there like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. All you talking. Me? No, that's the way you said it. 
Yeah, and you chimed in with Pazuzu just like facts. and weird jokes mm. and like a poorly timed other things. Yeah, and it took us like two hours. To God, that was hell. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so how I'm far doing we've another, come. how far we've come. I'm doing another exorcism. What are you doing? Uh something weird. That's all I'll say for now. It's not even really a haunting. It's not a haunting. (laughs) But it's something supernatural, paranormal, vampires. Mm. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Aliens. I can't disclose that information. It's aliens. The FBI is on to me, careful. (laughs) The uh, federal booty inspectors. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can get you in if you need. I like to inspect booties illegally. Thank you. Oh, wow. That, that does not sound good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the exorcism of Joanne Volmer. I think that's how you say her name. There's a lot of um, last names in this. I, I'm going to butcher. Just shoot your shot and then... I'm just going to say it as confidently as possible. Yep. Boom. If you get it wrong, who cares? I'm not a confident person. Just shoot your shot. Okay. Joanne Volmer died at the age of 49 by the cause of a lengthy four-day exorcism in 1993. Mm. So Ralph and Joanne Volmer lived in Antwerp, Victoria, Australia, um, with a population of just 63 residents at the time. It was settled... I think there's still about that many now, anyway. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. It was settled in 1846 by Europeans... And by 1859, two Protestant missionaries had built a church and a mission for the local Aboriginal community. Pig farmer Ralph Volmer had first noticed his wife behaving strangely just a few weeks before staging the intense exorcism. Joanne had taken to lurking and dancing around outside, um, arms flailing above her head, swearing loudly at nobody in particular. And Ralph also claimed that she was acting like a prostitute and at various times took on the physical form of a pig and a dog, as well as the personality of a sheep shearer. What the fuck? Which I'm sorry. What personality does a sheep shearer have? I can't speak today. And how did she take on the form of a a pig or a dog? Hey, Mr. Mr. Pig Farmer, there's plenty of pigs and dogs around. Just because she walks behind the barn and a pig walks out doesn't mean she is now the pig. (laughs) That's just an illusion. (laughs) Maybe your pig was just behind there. Or Pepper was behind there, walks out, then the pig walks back, and then the dog walks out. (sighs) 1850s logic. Oh, this was in 19... 19... 1990s. Oh, wow. Okay. She this died guy, in 93. This guy should really... The town was just settled in 1859. Okay, I see. Just a little bit of history. History facts. Oh, I, settled in 1846. Sorry. Okay. So, he went on to say that there were manifestations of different people and animals. He believed Joanne was definitely possessed by demons. Ralph mentioned to the media later on that his wife had been involved in the occult since age of three. I don't know how that's possible. Instead of a baby rattle, she just held... Satan's foot. (laughs) Satan's foot, yeah. But, like, 
he had no other there was no other research or anything to back it up so i was like i'll include it but i don't know <laughs> so the church has since been long closed but the religion um was the pulse of the town in january 1993 a number of fundamentalists uh fundamentalist christians lived in and around the township and it was they that ralph called upon to rescue his wife from the dark possessions at first, he attempted to rid her of these demons by locking her in the basement, and when that was unsuccessful, tied her to the bed. Joanne screamed throughout the night, but the demons remained. Ralph enlisted the help of his neighbour, Leanne Reichenbach, I don't know, and the two of them received over-the-phone coaching from a 78-year-old spiritual leader, Leah Clugston, on how to rid the evil spirits. After, they discovered that 10 separate demons were in control of Joanne's body. They started an intense prayer session and Joanne seated, well, with Joanne seated in a chair at the end of the room. When she started to struggle, they tied her to the chair with her own stockings. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. She was denied food and water throughout the entire period and when she attempted to close her eyes to sleep... They pried them open so the demons could better confront the Lord. Of course. I mean, that's the only way demons can see through your own eyes. That's right. Uh, Joanne continued to put up a violent struggle while sleep deprived and starved. So the pair called in another member of the church, 28-year-old David Klinger. He took the lead and restrained her with more pairs of her own stockings. Can we get any rope around this town? <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least there were stockings. They must have been softer on her, but... Yeah, I suppose so. Her own stockings? Demoralising. It's a bit sad. It's like being tied up with your own underwear. Literally, though. Kinky, in I a way, mean, but... Stockings. I'm starting to see what kind of church this was. Yeah. A cult. <laughs> like they all are. A sexual cult. He started to slap her face repeatedly in order to summon the demons. Yep, there we go. That's how you do it. After three days of torture, the group felt they had rid Joanne of all but two stubborn demons. Two strong male evil spirits, as Ralph was quoted saying. Day four, the final day of Joanne's life. They brought in 23-year-old... 23... Same age as me, babe. 23. Yeah. 23-year-old Matthew Newsk. Nusk came highly recommended by his mother, who touted his God-given ability to exercise demons, despite having never done so before. I really want to know how many <coughs> demon exercises there are in this town of 63 people. He had never done one before. <laughs> and he's 23. Oh man, you should see that boy out there exercising demons. So fucking stupid. She just heard exercise and was like, oh yeah, he's really good at that. Yeah, he exercises all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, Convinced they had control of Joanne, or as Ralph saw her at that point, an evil spirit that needed to be dealt with. Over to Newsk, and he amped up proceedings. First, he instructed the group to destroy all of Joanne's possessions, including knocking down her garden beds and smashing an outside greenhouse with a hammer. You wanna know why? Green demons. These were also possessed by demon energy. Oh, well, he would know. He's really good at it. Yeah, he's like 23 year old and fucking. 
<laughs> I'm 23. I've accomplished nothing. How how could he be so skilled in exercising demons when he's never done it before? <laughs> he was probably outside. You know how they do that exercise where they like hit the big tire with the sledgehammer? Yeah. And his mum's like, oh, fuck, he's really good at exercising. You just got to go over there and do that. And he just starts hitting everything Pretty with much. the hammer. So next he wrapped cling wrap around the entire outside of the house seven times to act as protection from further spirits drawn by all the activity. If I knew that cling wrap could protect me, I would have done it ages ago. (laughs) Why are we just wearing cling wrap? Why don't we just cling wrap our houses? I mean, we are in isolation. Yeah. So stupid. Cling wrap. The Lord's Lord's wrap. Cling wrap. I wrap thee in the Lord's wrap. Thy cling. (laughs) Thy cling. (laughs) From then, things got exceedingly violent with news beating Joanne repeatedly across the head, smashing her into the wall and instructing members to sit on her weakened, food-deprived body as she begged them to stop. They moved her body into the bedroom for one final exorcism. Finally, the demon was removed. The group of five started at her stomach and crushed her internal organs. They moved up her body in order to squeeze the demon out of her mouth. The enormous pressure placed on her neck caused Joanne to begin having a heart attack. Oh my fucking god. This is making me feel claustrophobic thinking about it. Yeah, isn't it terrible? When they finally released the hold on her she was hissing and frothing and they came out with a groan ralph said of the demons in reality what was happening was the pressure applied to her neck was so intense her thyroid cartilage had been fractured causing her to suffer a fatal heart attack it gets worse as she slumped on the ground the group rejoiced and waited for her resurrection oh my the group had waited and prayed over joanne's dead body for two days by the time Leah Clugston arrived at the farmhouse where the exorcism had taken place. That was a 78-year-old lady on the phone earlier. What the fuck? She herself had received word from the Lord shortly after Joanne's death that she would place her hands on the bloated, quickly decaying body and order Joanne to rise and walk. Babe, can I just remind you... This is in January in Australia. In January? January. The month of January. The hottest month in Australia. Ew, nasty. So the body's like literally falling to pieces at this point, I would assume. Stinking the place up. And they're stuck in there with cling wrap. There's no escape from the smell. Yeah, she ordered the body to rise and walk again. When this failed... To rouse her, Clugston called a local Baptist minister for guidance. He arrived to find the group calmly eating lunch while Joanne's body laid in the de- in the 40 degree heat, being attacked by flies. The minister phoned a doctor to the townhouse, who in turn called the police. Yeah. Interviews with police had the group assuring them it had been a successful exorcism and that Joanne would vouch for this upon her return. On the Friday, just four days after the police first became aware of Joanne's body, Ralph invited the media to to her funeral to witness her resurrection. 
God has made a solemn promise that she will rise on the day of the funeral and wants us to witness, he told the media. When she failed to materialize, he wept, confused and angry. You killed her. Okay, no one dies and comes back to life. I know this is Easter time, alright, but no one just dies and comes back to life like three days later. I love maybe how- maybe a couple minutes. Maybe a couple minutes. Yeah, you give them the old you've CPR. Got that, you've got that window. Uh, three days in that window. Yeah. <laughs> Once the flies start picking at their bloated corpse, you're probably a bit late for a CPR. Mm. Absolutely. As they're lowering her down into the ground, you can't be in there, you know, giving her, <laughs> her, her 40 resurrect. and two breaths. Yeah. So Detective Superintendent Paul Sheridan told the Herald Sun that the group believed they were doing the right thing in trying to exercise demons. He then added, they weren't innocent and they certainly weren't doing the right thing. <laughs> Good. Police charged the four, Volmer, Nusk, Reichenberg, and, Reichenbach sorry, and Klinger, with manslaughter. Despite their open confessions and detailed descriptions to police, this is just ridiculous how much time they got. Leanne got the heaviest sentence, a paltry four months for manslaughter what and false the imprisonment. Fuck? David received three months for the same charges, while Matthew Newsk was found guilty of false imprisonment and received a suspended sentence. He didn't go to jail. That's fucked. Ralph who orchestrated his wife's torture and death, was convicted of false imprisonment and reckless injury. He also received a suspended sentence and served no jail time. He soon left the farmhouse and the small town where Joanne had died and moved to Queensland to live in bliss with his new wife. I hope he's told her about this fucking exorcism bullshit. I think so. There was a news paper... A picture of him and he had a baby and oh I was my like God. was that with his new wife quick to move on by the way you kill your wife in a exorcism and then you go go marry go marry someone else and have a baby <laughs> oh my god he lives where we live I'm sure he's dead by now um, oh, 19, 1990 oh yeah 93 but he was his wife was like 40 odd 49 so he would have been a bit older he's probably like 80 yeah, probably died like two years ago. So their house has since been abandoned on a lonely road in the tiny Victorian back um, outback town. It has been boarded up for the last two decades and has become a place that teenagers visit and hold seances. None have been successful enough to reach Joanne herself. The house itself has been sold twice, but no one has lived in it because to them it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, fair enough. And, uh, yeah. That's fucked up. I think that that just concludes my theory of how fucked up religion is. I'm sorry. Okay, have a belief. Have a belief. Everyone needs something to believe in. Totally cool. No one's coming back from the dead. No one's doing it. I think Jesus was just passed out. <laughs> yeah. Um, dehydration, maybe. <laughs> he just passed out. Um, Joanne, she died of a heart attack mm. because you crushed her fucking internal organs. And I've seen the way that they do that. They literally get their fist and they like 
put it into your stomach, making like a twisting motion. For what? To exercise demons. What the fuck? Oh. I mean, bloody, the power of Christ compels you. That's cool. But crushing someone's internal organs. To just hurting the vessel. Exactly. And I think maybe she didn't have a possession. Maybe she just didn't love her husband anymore and was having a fucking fun time out in the yard dancing around and playing with she the had pigs. Her and bloody, she had a bloody greenhouse, she had a garden, she just had a good time. She was what was she growing in that garden? She had her hands raised in the air. Partying. Singing, partying. Like she just don't care. <laughs> exactly. And that is me. But Ralph did care. Ralph cared very much. He's like, you know what, she's possessed, I've got a new love interest. And uh, yeah. I guess we're going to exercise her. I've got a male order bride waiting for me in Queensland. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Queensland. Why come to Queensland? You know, it's because every fucking cunt comes here. Exactly. Ugh. Anyways. That's me done. I'm done. Okay, so for our fantastic one year anniversary episode, I thought I'd take the time getting comfy all snuggled up in bed. Yep. I thought I'd take the time to share two unique stories that share a common characteristic. Uh, the stories feature entities that are not unlike the unnamed creature of Berkeley Square, which I'm sure if you remember back to that episode, Ooh. Sloppy Noises, you will remember that I was fanboying out pretty fucking hard the entire time because in recent times I have become rather enamoured with cosmic horror and that sort of thing that features odd <laughs> odd uh, entities that are sort of alien and of unknown origin. Anyways, yeah, the stories today I learned through the fantastic Mysterious Universe website, which is probably my favourite fucking website on the entire World Wide Web. Yeah, you've been enjoying that one a lot lately. So these two tales are coming straight from the 1950s. Our first one hailing from Sweden. A 25-year-old Hans Gustafsson and 30-year-old Sig Rydberg were making their trip from Hoganus to Heisenberg. <laughs> uh, Hoganus, I believe, is in Sweden. Heisenberg, I think, is in Germany. It sounds about right. Yeah, anyways. It was in the wee hours of the morning and the roads were starting to become increasingly foggy as they followed Route 45 towards their destination. The pair began worrying that they may come off the road or crash as the visibility was so poor they could barely see ahead of them. So they decided to do the smart thing and pull over to the side of the road so that the fog could clear eventually mm. and then they can continue on their trip, you know? Mm-hmm. Of course. But of course they're not that smart, are they? Mm-mm. They get out of their car after they pull over. Mm. You know, there's woods on either side of the road. And they see this strange glow coming from the surrounding woodland, which was giving the fog an odd colour and casting the trees in a similar hue. Was it Mr. Burns after all of his <laughs> injections? I bring you love. <laughs> yes, yeah, something like that. <laughs> So the pair eventually couldn't sit idle any longer with their curiosity getting the better of them. So they trekked into the woods to find the source of the mysterious light. Never mind the fact there are fucking bears in those woods. 
They're just like, oh, what could go wrong? Foggy conditions, we can barely see ahead of us. Let's follow the light. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So Han... by the light. <laughs> Hans and Sig trekked only 50 metres into the woods before discovering the cause of this light. And it was far weirder than anything they could have imagined. In a small clearing on the forest floor was a disc-shaped object propped up on two legs, the disc causing prismatic light to cascade across the surrounding trees and saturate the fog with the same shades. But even weirder still was what was surrounding the discs. Several three-foot-long saucer-shaped blobs of blue slime were leaping, hopping, and levitating across the forest floor. Wow. Thanks. That's insane. Although Someone released their flubber. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> so, although the blobs had no eyes, ears, or mouths, they somehow managed to sense that the two men had seen them and quickly surrounded them. Also, note... I realise that you don't sense people's presences with your mouth, but I mean, unless you're really kinky. <laughs> you're into that sort of thing. Anyhow, uh, but yeah. The globs latched onto the arms and legs of the man and began spreading quickly across their bodies, attempting to encapsulate them and drag them towards the tiny disc. These strange jellies were emanating a smell of burnt sausage while doing it. Delicious, okay. right? Yeah. Sig, being the older gentleman, managed to muster up enough strength to tear one of the consuming gelatinous monsters in half and made his escape back into the woods towards the road. He dashed the 50 metre distance through the woods and dove back into the driver's seat of the car where he honked the horn madly to attempt to alert anyone nearby that they were in danger. Did it alert anyone nearby? It didn't. So he abandoned that endeavour shortly after and rushed back to assist his younger friend who is still probably getting fucking half-eaten alive and dragged towards this tiny spaceship. So fortunately for both men, those horn blasts had unsettled the creatures who proceeded to abandon their abduction of hands and made their way back into the disc before promptly shooting up into the sky and disappearing out of sight. Hmm. Yeah. And Hans and Sig eventually came out with their story and were questioned thoroughly by police who used the most cutting-edge 1950s technology to attempt to see if they were lying, but they found no such diversions. Oh, just uh, No kind, such deceit. What kind of technology did they use? You know, hey, are you lying? No. He seems pretty honest. <laughs> we are police, he can't lie to us. Yeah, they concluded in the end that they really did believe they saw what they had saw and were generally traumatised by the whole ordeal. Pretty intense. So that's the first tale of blob creatures. Okay. another one? There's another one? There is one more. Hell yeah. The other blob encounter was in the 1950s as well and was encountered by four veteran police officers who gave their accounts after the incident and swear by their stories. Two police officers, Joe Keenan and John Collins, were on patrol one evening. Looking out for trouble on some of the more quiet streets of the city. I believe this is in Pennsylvania. I don't think I said that yet. 
Uh, yeah. No, I, don't, I didn't hear you say Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, they rounded a corner and spotted something trying to make a dash across the road and into a nearby field. And I say dash in only the loosest of terms because it was more like a slow and methodical uh, blubber across the road. This was not some evil felon. No, it was a blob of glistening purple jelly. That was clearly doing its best to make a move for the field to escape <laughs> the sight of the officers. And, yeah, the bewildered officers exited their vehicle to inspect the purple mass and noted it was six feet long and one foot thick. At this one point, foot thick? Yep. So just a hefty, gelatinous mass. Yeah, at this point, the officers um, began shining their lights upon the creature. Well, the creature, I say loosely. And it began sending back, like, almost taking the light in and then sending back, like, dancing waves of lights back at them. Yeah. And kind of stopped its retreat into the woods, uh, into the uh, field, and just sort of sat there pulsating and letting the officers look at it, which was rather weird. Ooh. Yeah. The officers reported that this goo had a pair of lips attached to it and determined that this was undoubtedly some kind of strange new species of land jellyfish. So in order to protect the specimen, they called in backup, which arrived shortly in the form of James Cooper and Police Sergeant Joseph Cook. Those damn land jellyfish. I know. So... They all concluded that the best way to preserve this creature would be to move it off the road so it couldn't get hit by an oncoming vehicle or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So they all gathered around the mass, grabbing underneath its oozing body and hoisted it up with all of their might. What they didn't expect was for the rigidity of the blob to immediately fail under their grasp, leaving them with gel-covered arms. (laughs) Blob began to hiss, bubble, and evaporate right before their eyes, leaving them stunned and in disbelief of the entire circumstance. It hissed. As nothing was left but a wet patch on the ground where it had been. (laughs) (laughs) So they all reported this. They had to do, you know, the police reports because they got backup called in with them. So I was like, hey, come on, help us hoist this blob. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, it disappeared. So I was like, oh, great. I wonder if there's since been any more things. Oh, there has. None that I researched, but oh, okay. I was more like, okay. for future, he- what, what, future episodes. What? <laughs> yeah. what, what, what? What, what? So, one thing I was thinking about... Sorry. That's the end of my story. Yeah. And one thing I was thinking about was Good that story. we've been doing this for 52 episodes. That means we've covered nearly 104 stories. Just about. Probably more than 104 stories, because some we episodes have done we've done like, more. Yeah. Like the Haunted Objects episode, where we cover like 20 different stories. Yeah. That's a lot of haunted stories. A lot. And there's still so much out oh there. Oh my god, there's millions. So if you think we're going to stop anytime soon, you're wrong. I will do it laying down. We're too stubborn to quit. I'm too tired to sit. <laughs> I'm laying down. Oh, that's very true. You are laying down currently. Um, one thing that also came to mind was, God damn it, we want to hear some of your stories. For fuck's sake, just send them in, mate. If you have experienced something paranormal or experienced a strange blob creature, 
anything that you can't explain, let us know. Even if you think you sound stupid saying it, there's been so many times I've been like, Brayden, this thing happened. And I'd be like, that sounds fucking stupid. And he'd be like, uh uh-uh, baby. It was a ghost. Oh, shit. We will validate you. We will validate your claims. Maybe. Maybe. Or call you... No, we won't call you stupid. No, we won't call you stupid. If you want to do that, you can... unexplained shit happens, so send it in to us. Exactly. Send it in to us at youmeanapoltergeist at gmail.com. Or... On www.that'snotcanon.com/youmeanapoltergeist, scroll to the bottom of the website where you will see a submission form, and you can submit your story for us to talk about. Yeah. Anyways, that was a bit of a shorter episode for our one year one year anniversary. But our first episode was really long. <laughs> we got to balance it somehow. <laughs> we love you all. Thank you for sticking around for a whole year. Here's to another year to come. Mm-hmm. At 100 episodes, we have to get a tattoo. So that's another 48, 48 episodes. Yeah. We're closing in. That 52 episodes fucking shot by like a breeze. Yeah. So we're going to have fresh tattoos in no time. If you want to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or support us on Patreon, you can at you, me and a Poltergeist. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we post bonus content to Patreon before it gets released anywhere else, and we also have episodes available and special content there for you. Just for you. If you want to follow our personal feeds, you can. Mine is Braden Farvash, B R O I D O N number 5 S H on Instagram. Mine's Bambi Mac is B A M B I M A C C A S. And we love you. And don't forget, exercise regularly. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.